The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. I love that scripture. That's from Isaiah 50, verse 4 and 5. I love that, that scripture there. Today, uh, I want to speak on uh, something that I'm accused of most of the time that you speak of, but I really don't go there very much. But everything that we do has to do with that. Uh, I'm going to be speaking about on, on, on faith, on faith today. And uh, I titled it Imperfect Faith. How many of you have had, uh, you believe you have faith, and then, then something inside you says, oh, I don't know about that. Lord, help my unbelief. <laughs> You've been there? <laughs> so we want to address that today. Amen? Amen. There was a, an agnostic. He came to a preacher in those days in the United States when preachers have their, what they call, revival service. It goes on for weeks. And, and, and they stay uh, for hours, I mean five, six hours, they are still in their revival meeting. You think the service is over and all of a sudden some lady starts dancing over there and the musicians go, whoa, and then everybody's back again and preacher brings up the second sermon. <laughs> it's funny. Um, to tell you funny stories this morning. I was in Nigeria uh, we were preaching. My pastor, before Angela and I started the church, uh, we had waited for hours. This church, we couldn't get to this church because the speaker was somewhere else. Hours. They started service early in the morning, maybe around 7. It was already 12 o'clock, and the preacher still was in there. And 1 o'clock, almost 2 o'clock, they were still there waiting. And uh, my, I was with my pastor somewhere, and the other guy was supposed to preach. And uh, after we, we, it was about closing time, pastor preached for everybody. And uh, the other pastor came and said, they are still waiting. They are still waiting for us to come. She said, they're, they're still there? Yeah, they're still there. And pastor was stunned. It's almost about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They've been there all morning, and they are still waiting for us. And so we started going, driving down. Because he said, I said, Pastor, if he doesn't show up, you preach. And we were happy. They, that was good. And so we were going. Pastor wasn't saying a word. It was really quiet. And uh, finally he said, you know, good luck. When I get back to the United States, I'm going to tell the worship center, that was our church, that uh, Brother Goodluck is coming. Uh, he has, he's preaching somewhere else, and he's going to be coming uh, after church maybe an hour or so after church, uh, to speak to you guys. He has some things to say to you. I didn't know where he was coming from. I thought to myself, uh, Pastor, you mean after service? Uh, he said, yes, after service. I said, uh, Pastor, I think when I get there, it will be you, uh, your wife, Stella, Angela, and I. He says, exactly my point. Nothing is glad is going to happen. And as we finished our conversation, we showed up. As soon as they saw him coming out of the car, the, the people stood up, roaring, praising God. Thank you, Jesus. And Pastor, no way. We must love God's word. Amen? We must love God's word. It comes first. Now, this agnostic came into this revival meeting. So I'm back to my other story, right? Came to the, <laughs> he came to the revival meeting. And he talked, he talked to the local pastor, the pastor of the church. He said, I want to speak to that young evangelist. And so the pastor says, <laughs> he ran to the young evangelist. He says, we have a troublemaker here. He, he, uh, he wants to talk to you. And so he walked up to the uh, uh, evangelist and said, I'm an agnostic. And an agnostic says, I don't know whether there is a God or there is no God. And he says, uh, I want you, preacher, prove to me right now that there is a God. And I'll believe. Prove it to me right now. And he was really serious. He said this guy was about seven. this true story, about 70 years old. And uh, the preacher says, okay. 
He quoted Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must what? Must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And then he said to the agnostic, and you don't believe. So I can't help you, sir. Sorry. And he turned around and walked away. And the agnostic was so mad. He was angry. How dare you talk to me? You don't believe. And he says, I can't help you, sir. God says you must believe. A few days later, he had calmed down. He, he came back to the preacher and he says, I want to see that young evangelist. And so the preacher ran to the evangelist and says, the troublemaker is back. He wants to talk to you. And he said, Sir, uh, last time you, you talked to me, but, but I need you as a preacher. Prove it to me that there is a God and I will believe. And he said, he go, went back to that same scripture, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. And he who comes to God must believe that he is and he, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And he says, sir, I can't help you. You don't believe in God. So he walked out and the guy was so mad. He said, he even shook his tongue at him, something like that. He said, very angry and left. So mad. And then a few days later, he was back again. He told the preacher, I want to talk to that young evangelist. But you know what was happening? The preacher knew that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he kept giving him the word of God. And he goes back home and says, how dare he tells me I have to believe before, before God will reward me. And he had put that thing through his mind. And so he called, came back again. And he said, oh, the troublemaker is back. That old troublemaker. Uh, he's back and he's looking for you. And he came. He says, preacher, I believe. <laughs> I believe. And I want to repent. I need God in my life. He got saved. Amen. You like this story? True story. He who comes to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see, there are two parts to it. Many of us believe, but we don't diligently seek him. No wonder nothing is happening. Nothing supernatural. Because you believe, but you don't diligently seek him. We've got to seek him diligently. God rewards those who seek Him diligently. So if you're not seeking God diligently, you're not going to get anything, any reward from Him. We have to not only believe, but put action to our faith by seeking Him diligently for whatever you're looking from God, you should seek Him diligently. Believe that faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And, but when you please him, when you're pleasing him with your faith, God still requires that you diligently seek him. And if you really believe, you will diligently seek him for whatever you're asking from the Lord. How many people felt saved before they believed? How can you feel saved before you believe? John 3.16, the scripture that we know very well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You cannot have eternal life until you believe. You cannot feel saved until you believe. But most of the time people want to feel something before they believe. And it doesn't work that way. We have, you, God can do anything in our lives and change every situation in us if we will only believe what he says. You hold God back when you cannot believe what he says. 
faith is it? You know, I found a secret. My wife and I, we observe a lot. I, we observe a lot of things. And I'll give you some things that we observe. Uh, some things just to, just to let you know that's the way we see things. Uh, but you remember way back then there used to be Amtrak derailing train. Notice one happens. A few days later, another happens. They go together and then all of a sudden, it's gone. Nobody talks about that. You got one plane that flies and crashes, waits for a few days. Another one crashes. One goes lost. Another one goes lost. That's the way it works. You have one earthquake here and another here. That's the way things are. We observe these things. But I've found that Satan has something that he does. And you need to, as a Christian, you need to pay close attention to it. When he doesn't want you to resist something that's evil, that's ugly, he gives, you a, a, gives it an ugly name. He gives it an ugly name so that you shrink from it. You know what you believe, but he doesn't want you to go there. Recently, you know it. <laughs> if you say homosexuality is not right because the Bible says so, well, guess what they tell you? You are a hater. You are homophobic. You wonder where they got those words from? The enemy put it out there so that you will shrink from it. And now Christians are saying, well, we just let them be. God loves them. God, they're going to heaven. Why? Because he's put out the word there. So Christians can run away from it. Years back, this is what Satan does. He had this thing, he says, the word of faith movement. You heard about that? The word of faith movement. So it's like some people doing something that is not good with the word of God. And nobody investigates it to see what these people are actually saying. You hear, oh, I'm not, I don't like the word of faith movement and I don't want anything to do with it. Nicodemus said this, does our Lord judge a man before you hear him? And you know exactly what he's doing? Because they were saying Jesus is not of God. That was Nicodemus, who, the one who had been with him in John chapter 3. So that's what Satan does. He doesn't want you to believe. He doesn't want you to receive the word of God. Because he knows if you receive the word of God, you have faith. Let me tell you this. Every time a preacher preaches, he's either preaching the traditions of men or the word of faith. If you listen to the word of faith, you will have faith building, built up in you. If you listen to the traditions of men, guess what is going to come into your heart? Fear and unbelief. Every time you listen to the word of God, it is the word of faith. Um, Romans chapter 10 verse 8 tells us that very clearly. It says in Romans chapter 8, uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 8, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. What is that word? The word of faith which we preach. So every time you hear the word of God, you're hearing the word of faith. Every time you read the scripture, you're, receiving, you're reading the word of faith. And so it's nothing negative about it. It's a good thing. Because if you have faith, that's the only way you can transform your life. For by grace are we saved through faith. By grace through faith. You are saved by grace through faith. And until you believe, you can never be saved. Faith is what brings grace. By grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Packaged in the word of God. So as you receive the word, you receive faith for your salvation. You receive faith for your healing. You receive faith for your deliverance. Until you believe the word of God, God will feel sorry for you as you cry out to him. That without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if that's so important, I need to know how I can increase my faith. If I cannot be saved without faith, 
I need to know how to increase that. If Abraham was so good, became a friend of God because of faith, I want to know how he did that. How did he get that faith in him? Jesus said, if you can only believe, all things are possible to the one who believes. And I want to know that, how can I truly believe? Listen to what Jesus said. In in Matthew chapter 17, the disciples, once in a row, listen, what God wants every one of you to have. Do you know what? Mountain moving faith. Every one of us. God desires that we as believers don't look at the circumstances surrounding our situation. What's happening to me right now? What has been in my life in the past? What people are saying about me? What the doctors are saying about my situation? Forget all of that and stay with the word. That's what God's wanting. And when you can do that, and you can overlook what your body is telling you, and you can trust God. Yes, you please Him. And when you please Him, He'll reward you. That's what God is saying. In, in, in Matthew chapter 17, the disciples had tried to cast out the demon, and the demon will not go. And, and, and then Jesus cast out the demon, and they wanted to know for sure how, uh, why is it that they couldn't do it? Why? And Jesus told them, Verse 20, Jesus told them, because of your unbelief. But for assuredly, he said, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. A mustard seed is so tiny. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say, you see, when you have faith, you say. If you have faith as the mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, remove from here to there. Remove, move from here to there. And what did Jesus say? It will move. And nothing shall be Impossible for you. And say, "Ah, that's nice. But we need to believe. He wants you to believe. You know why he wants mountain? Because, you know, notice what he said. If you say to this mountain. So, in my mind, there was a mountain around that the disciples could see. Right? And he says, if you say to this mountain, move from here to there, it will move. If you have faith of a master seed. And then he says, because of that, nothing will be impossible for you. And then in another situation, again, he's saying, and the Bible tells us this, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. When God is repeating himself about something, that says to us, he's very important. And you need to line up with it, be, try to understand it, and position yourself, as it says in, in Matthew chapter 13, when, when you understand and you turn, and God has to heal you, or God has to do something about it, according to his word. He has to do it. In another circumstance, he has caused a tree. And the tree died. This is not, they couldn't cast out the demon. Now it was a tree that Jesus cursed. And Peter said, look, master, the the tree you cursed, he's dead. And Jesus said, have faith in God. Mark 11, 23. Have faith in God. For I shortly, I say to you, whoever says to, again, to what? To this mountain. To this mountain. You have a mountain in your life? Have you spoken to the mountain? If you have faith, whoever, doesn't matter who it is, new convert, old Christian, 30 30 years coming as a Christian, don't matter. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. 
and will not doubt in his heart. Does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things that he says will be done. Notice no prayer. Those things that, because there is faith in the heart, those things that he says will be done. He shall have whatever he says. And then he said, therefore, because I've told you this, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you will have them. Many times we read through this and we just go so fast. We have not even attempted to even try it. To see, does this really work? Let me see. I'm going to believe. I got this mountain in my life. I'm going to speak to this mountain. That's what God wants for us. God wants to do a great work in us. But we have to obey God and do these things. Notice, we got two different scenarios. And Jesus is telling you, you were created as a Christian to move mountains. You guys are too quiet. You were created to move mountains. To speak to those things that stand in your way. To refuse and stand on God's word if you truly believe in him. That's what pleases him. That's what gets God going. You got to believe these words. We have to act on it. Faith without works is dead. You know you believe, but you haven't done anything about it. You're crying out to God like Moses was, standing by the Red Sea. Oh God, and God says, stop crying to me. Don't you have this stick in your hand? Stretch out that stick and divide. Not God divide it until you do it. I can't do nothing about it. You speak the word to that, that obstacle in your life. That mountain in your life, and watch it go. And, and notice he didn't say, you have to say it if you are a pastor. Only pastors can do this. No. All of us can do it. If you believe. I like it for young people. Act on it. God says you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Why? Because you are a believer. Try it. You might like it. Amen. And you go around saying, I did it the other time. Before you know, you got a lot of people coming to you, asking for prayer. And then you become a big shot in your school. And even your teachers are saying, there's something different about that boy. He lays hands on the sick people. Amen. Let's do it in Jesus' name. Let's speak to those things and let them vanish from our bodies. Let's speak to our wallets. Hello. <laughs> yes let's speak to our wallets and let's speak to our bank accounts uh, some days I'll bring I'll take that checkbook put it out and then speak to that checkbook and you're going to have money in you whether you like it or not in Jesus name uh, that's what Jesus promised us and guess what all his promises are yes and in him Amen. That's what the word says. You know, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, he was preaching somewhere. I like the guy. <laughs> he was preaching somewhere and so many people were getting healed. And, and this fellow, the, this fellow was standing there watching all these people getting healed. He waited his turn. Finally went to him and he said, uh, he said uh, you know, my hand has been fixed in a certain position. He explained has been fixed in a certain position and I can never move it. And Smith Wogglesworth in his reverence got any faith? The guy said, oh yeah, I have a lot of faith. And then he prayed for him and then the guy started swinging his hand. He was swinging that hand that was stiff in a certain position but he was not satisfied. He wasn't satisfied because uh, there was a little pain somewhere. And he pointed it to the preacher. He said, I see, yeah, I'm swinging my hand, but there's a little pain in here. He said, you know what the matter with you? The guy said, no. Imperfect faith, he said. <laughs> he says, when you pray, believe that you have it. And you shall have it. Yes. 
You got to believe. You got to believe. I know Smith Wigglesworth, he, he's not going to pray for that guy again. He's kicking him. Get out of here, fellow. That's the his attitude. Get out from here. It's the word of faith. You know, the word of faith is also called the word of life. The word of this life. Everything about God's word is about life. It can put life into you. And you, it doesn't matter. Just trust God's word. I'm still believing God uh, for the word of God. He says it shall renew your strength, right? God does that. You know, the, in, in Acts chapter 5, the disciples, all the, all the apostles were taken by a Pharaoh. I mean, not Pharaoh. <laughs> the, the <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. Of course, they are Pharaohs. <laughs> by the Sanhedrin, and they put them in jail. All of them. And it was in the evening. They don't want them to preach the gospel. They put them in, not Pharaoh, I mean Sanhedrin. <laughs> they put them in prison. And at, mid, at night, the angel of God, I, I read, I used to think the angels, the, one angel came in there, broke all their chains to open the prison doors and said to them, go out, go to the temple and stand, preach to the people, speak to them the words of this life. Words of this life. Nothing can shackle the words of this life. Nothing can hold in bondage. When they hold you in bondage, they are holding the word of God. When Satan has you in captivity where you can't speak to those mountains, guess what? You are now in prison and the word of life in you is also in prison. Go out and speak this word, the words of this life. Perfect faith. You know, in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27, God says, very clearly there. Behold, I am the Lord. The God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for me? And yet in John, Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, it says that Jesus could not do many mighty works in Nazareth, and he was amazed at their unbelief. So God could move because of unbelief. When we don't have perfect faith, we go into unbelief and things change. Let me give you an illustration here. You know, I believe in, uh, in the scriptures, it was Matthew chapter 14. Uh, Peter saw, and the rest of the disciples, they saw Jesus walking on water. Remember the scriptures? And they were scared. And, and Jesus said, don't be afraid. It's me, Jesus. And Peter says, if it's you, Jesus, command me to come walking on water. And one word, come. One word, come. And he said, as soon as Peter heard that word, immediately he came out of the boat and he started walking on water, going towards Jesus. At that stage, he had what? He had perfect faith. The water was solid. But then something happened. He saw the wind, the scripture says, boisterous in his face. It seemed to him... The word that was helping him to walk on water was no good anymore. He is, he's looking away. He's looking away. And it, in, at that instance, he had imperfect faith. And guess what? Had, what happened to him? He started to sink. Started to sink. But there's something I discovered. Notice, he cried out to Jesus, right? In his imperfect faith, he cried out to Jesus. He said, Lord, save me. And guess what? The Lord saved him. You think Jesus carried Peter and walked back with him? No. Just because he cried, 
Jesus made his imperfect faith perfect. Can I hear an amen? amen? Jesus made his imperfect faith perfect. And he walked with Jesus back on the, I mean, on the water, back into the boat. Yes. That's why that man cried out to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. Because he knew something inside of him that he wasn't truly believing. But God helped his faith because he was willing. Amen? He was willing. God can help us. Notice what the scripture says in Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 11. It says, uh, beginning from verse 23, he says there in the word of God that if you have faith as a monster, see that's um, um, uh, Matthew chapter 17, you can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and it will be done for you. That's something that God wants. However, when your faith is not quite there, God will help you. He says that if you believe in your heart, right? You do not doubt in your heart. Not in your head, but in your heart. That's Mark uh, 11 verse 23. If you say to this mountain, be thou removed, and you don't doubt in your heart, why didn't he say your mind? Because that's where Satan can play with your mind. Satan will always come with your mind and you're trying to believe there's something in your head. He's telling you it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And Satan starts reminding you all kinds of stuff because your head is available. But you are believing in your heart. And God can perfect what's going on in your heart and get the miracle done. You know, I was listening to a preacher, the God is used. He says, many times, I know I believe. But when I look at the circumstance, I'm, my head is playing games with me. But I go ahead and I act. And God shows up. So it's possible that you can have these things going on in your, her, your head. And sit and say, you doubt God cannot do it. Ignore him. Amen? Ignore what he's doing. And act on your faith. Let me close with this. Because we're going to be praying. Just to give you an illustration. Did you hear that Abraham was not moved? He had so much faith. If you read in John, um, uh, Romans chapter 4, he never wavered in faith, right? Uh, go and read in Genesis 17 and see what happened. When God first came in Genesis 17 verse 5, God told Abraham, I'm changing your name from Abraham into Abraham. And God said, I have made you father of many nations. And that's what Abraham believed. He believed that. And God changed his name and he changed his name. And he started introducing himself, I am the father of every, uh, many nations, Abraham. But then when God left talking, when God was talking to Abraham, Abraham knew he's going to be a father of many nations, and he was thinking of Ishmael, his son, who was already alive. But then when God started saying, and I will bless your wife, Sarah, and she will give you a son, Abraham fell on his face. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> you mean Sarah? She's about turning 90. And will a son be born to a man that's a hundred years old? Because God said that's the child of the promise. He laughed. He doubted. But then one word from God. God said, yeah, bless Ishmael. But Isaac, and God named him. Before he was born, God named him. Why don't you name what you want from God? Amen? Amen? That's the way. God named him. And so from then on, Abraham was quiet. And then Sarah, the Bible in Hebrews tells us, Sarah was, she was filled with faith and she was able to conceive. But then if you go to Genesis chapter 18... Go to verse 14. 
when God, Sarah was behind and God was talking to Abraham and said, this time next year, your wife, Abraham, I mean, uh, your wife, uh, Sarah, what's going on? Your wife, Sarah, (laughs) your wife, Sarah is going to conceive and have a child. And she was behind the door and she heard it. And she says, oh my goodness, this is not going to, what is he talking about? <laughs> Will an old m- woman like me have desire? <laughs> my husband is a hundred, almost a hundred years old. There's no way this, and God says, why did Sarah laugh? And she knew there is no way he could have, and she was scared. And she says, no, I didn't laugh. <laughs> I didn't laugh. How many of us have done that? If God <laughs> <laughs> that's the woman with perfect faith she's laughing and when God confronted her, confronted her with it she lied and she had perfect faith but she said well, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't laugh uh, uh, and God says no you, you did laugh <laughs> that's what God said to her no you did laugh but she believed. Amen? God perfected her faith. May God perfect your faith this day. Amen? And so that thing for which you are believing, don't let it go. Amen? It's going to happen. Just trust God. Even if you have doubt in your head, don't let that bother you. Go back to that scripture. Keep claiming that scripture. Say those scriptures aloud with your mouth. And the doubts will disappear. Amen? And stay in faith. That's the word of God. Amen. Today, did you bring your wallet and your checkbooks? Angela, somebody needs to go to my office. I live in my office. <laughs> now, I'm not kidding. I'm telling you, go get my wallet. It's in my office right now. I need that wallet back here. Yes. Amen. No, it's serious. I'm telling you, God's going to do an unusual thing. I said, what I'm preaching to you this morning, I want to put the word of God to test. Because God says, test me, right? God said that. So we got to test. We got to do what God says. By faith. And I'm telling you, what's going to happen. There will be unusual miracles with regards to your finances. I think my brother, last Sunday, you were, you were stand up there. Just stand up. He was telling me so many testimonies regarding his finances maybe two, three weeks ago when we prayed for people for finances. I mean, we stood there for a while, one after the other, one after the other. We serve a living God. Amen? And God's going to do that for us. I want you to believe with me by faith, okay? No matter, don't try to figure out how God's going to do it. We've prayed for the sick. Now we are praying for sick wallets and all of that. <laughs> and but you see, God answers. Amen? He is a good God. Let me tell you something. God will never pass up an opportunity to do good. Can I say that again? God will never pass up an opportunity to do good to anyone. This is his opportunity. Can you get that? This is opportunity. What you're doing has nothing in it. You know, it's like a foolish act, right? But God takes those things that are foolish. It's your point of contact, okay? Where you release your faith so that God can bless your finances. Amen? That's what we're going to be doing today. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. And get your wallets out and your checkbooks. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Bring them up here and make sure you stand by it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bring them up here and Angela bring mine yes thank you thank you please mark where you kept it Okay. <laughs> we are in the presence of Jesus here hallelujah hallelujah yes It doesn't matter where your state is. Please remember, 
you are not yet Bill Gates. We need more in your hands, okay? <laughs> For the kingdom of God, amen? For the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. Amen. Even Bill Gates looking for more. Okay. That's just the way it is. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We're going to dedicate ourselves to our God today. This is serious now. Very important. Because I believe God. There's going to be unusual miracles because we have done this before Him. And you remember what the scripture says. Where two or three are gathered together in His name, He is there in the midst of us. And I know that Jesus is here today. And believe me, he will never allow his word to fall to the ground. Please don't try to figure out how he's going to do it. Please, that's not your business. All I'm asking you to do is trust in what you've done today. That God took your wallet from your hands and he's going to do a miracle with it. I believe God. And I'm believing for miracles from the Lord. Jesus told Peter, go to the sea. Catch the first fish. Open his mouth. You got money enough for my bill and your bills. I want him to do that. More than enough for us. God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or even imagine. So now imagine your bank account flowing. And it's God's will. Let no one tell you it's not God's will. I want to buy good things for my kids. I like to pay for their bills. Amen? And God is here with us. today. I'm going to read some scriptures just to establish from God's word. We are dedicating ourselves to the Lord. And we're going to be hearing miracles about it. Some of you are going to get such great business if you are in the business. They will come to you with it. They will come to you with it. They will bring their proposal. And they just want you. I speak it in the name of Jesus. Some of you are in a place, they just want to promote you. They love you so much, they don't know why. They can't even help. I speak that in the name of Jesus. Just as we read in the scriptures today in the name of Jesus. And I believe it. I believe it with all of my heart. Will I go thinking about it? No, because I know God heard it. And the devil heard it. Angels heard it. And we heard it. And God's going to fulfill his word. He will never allow his word to fall to the ground. Listen to this. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And we're talking about money here. That's what it says. Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say with me today, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's good. But I want you to say this, I will never know a day of want. Please say it that way. The Lord is my shepherd. I will never know a day of want. Do you believe it? Yes. Then let's say it and mean it. We are having a covenant with our God today. Okay? It's a new covenant in His name. God always calls covenant. It's only according to your faith, how you believe. That's the way we work God's words. Walk out your own salvation, right? With fear and trembling. That's what we're doing this morning. Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I will never know a day of want. I know you quote the scripture, but that's what it really means. The Lord is my shepherd. I will never know a day of want. That's it. And we seal it with the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Now listen to this. Job 36 verse 11. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. How many believe that? Yes. 
That's the word of God for us today. Say with me, I obey God and I serve God. Therefore, I will spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasure. Can we say that again? We are saying the word of God. When you believe and you say it, it's established. It was, it's already established in heaven. But we are in His name, in the name of Jesus, establishing it here today. Let's say that again. I obey and serve God. Therefore, I will spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasure. That's the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. I'm going to read one more scripture before we speak to our wallets, okay, and our checkbook. And I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting testimonies. Amen. That's when we know God is in our midst. Amen. That's how we know that. I'm going to be hearing it. I'm no doubt in my mind. God will be doing unusual things in your life in Jesus' name. But give him honor. Okay. Psalm 34 verse 10. The young lion lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Say with me. I will never lack anything that's good. I will never lack anything that's good. Mm. See, we hear the word and we have never tried it. I like to try it. That's why I pray for the sick. Because God says, lay your hands on them and they will recover. And I don't feel anything most of the time. But God heals them. Because I act on his word. And today you have acted on his word in faith. Don't you dare leave this place hanging your head down, even if you have serious bills. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. God is going to do it. Because we are his people. And we have made ourselves ready. Okay? Thank you, Lord. Stretch your hands towards all these wallets and... and, uh, checkbooks that are here and use as a church remember what the bible says if two shall agree concerning anything are we all in agreement today believe me heaven is in agreement with us i hate when people say we don't need money we want to serve god you're lying to yourself god god wants god wants the money in his house so that we can do more work for him that's not that's the lie of the devil. He tells you, uh, uh, these people, all they want is money. No, we're not. We, don't, we want the money for our God. So speak today. And I want all of us to pray. It's going to be rowdy here. I didn't plan this. This is the way God's leading me. I want you to open your mouth and speak blessings upon not just your wallet, but everyone that's here. Amen? So we are in agreement. In the name of Jesus. Now, let's join me. In Jesus' name. I speak great blessings upon every bank account, every wallet. In the name of Jesus, I call down, I call down debt cancellation in Jesus' name. I believe you for miracles upon all of these wallets in Jesus' name. Bank accounts receive funds, great funds from the Lord in the name of Jesus. Great funds in the name of Jesus. Great funds in the name of Jesus. Great funds in the name of Jesus. Tens of thousands of dollars in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Every debt canceled in the name of Jesus. By the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father. That is your will. It is your will. You became poor that through your poverty we might become rich. Yes, God, it is your will that you may establish your covenant with us as it is this day. As it is this very day that your covenant may be established. You have given us the power to get wealth that your covenant be established. Every checkbook, every wallet, every bank account, I bless in the name of Jesus. Receive blessings 
in Jesus' name. I curse every want in the name of Jesus among God's people. I curse every want right now in the name of Jesus. Lead God's people in the name of Jesus. These blessings will come upon you and overtake you in the name of Jesus. God's blessings will come upon you and overtake you in Jesus' name. You are blessed going out. You are blessed coming in. You have promotions coming your way in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God. Your word tells us so you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. You said you will take sickness away from the midst of us. You said no one will suffer miscarriage. No one will be barren in the land in the name of Jesus. And you said the number of our days you will fulfill. No sickness among us in Jesus' name. No sickness among us in Jesus' name. Thank you for your blessing. Lord, we curse every sickness afflicting any bank account, any wallet right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for plenty. We thank you for plenty, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We need to thank Him, okay? Do you believe? Lift up your hand. Thank Him. Thank Him. Yes, we are receiving our miracles right now. We are receiving our miracles right now. The young people are saying, that's for the adults. We don't care. They pay our bills. (laughs) Hey, join us, okay? Join us because God wants you. You don't have to be as old as us uh, <laughs> to be wealthy. God can give you an idea. Okay? Now I'm going to do that. Please go back to your seat. Oh, young people, please come over here because I want to pray God to give you minds to dream. Amen? Minds to dream. <laughs>